This Family Life News Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. It's amazing how many Kansas City Chiefs fans there are in New York and Pennsylvania today. Oh man, I feel ecstatic. You know, to uh, put the money into the ticket, knowing that they're going to win a dynasty and they did it. Oh man, it's the best feeling in the world. The Chiefs celebrating their third Super Bowl title in five years. Tight end Travis Kelsey leading the revelry last night. He's If you missed it, this is the game in 10 seconds. The veteran duo of Mahomes and Kelsey stepped up late in the fourth, allowing Kansas City to tie the game with just three seconds left in regulation, sending it into overtime. Lots of people going into work late today or calling off. 16 million of us didn't go to work because of the game. The final score, Chiefs 25, 49ers 22. Meanwhile, a 60-second ad by the group He Gets Us featured a series of photos of people washing one another's feet, it's meant to reframe the meaning of Christianity. Both the ads last year hit the top 15 commercials in the Super Bowl, according to USA Today's ad meter. 110 million people, one in three Americans, watched the game in its commercials last night. A storm is a brewing. Winter is back. It creeps in this evening. In terms of snowfall, northern tier. Poconos looking at around four to eight inches of snow with the valleys coming in right around three to six inches of snow. And I must say this is track dependent. If you're in western New York, you're good on this one. Not much expected, but Pennsylvania, especially Williamsport, Scranton, Wilkesbury, keep an eye on the forecast. We were in the 50s four days ago. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is back in the critical care unit at Walter Reed Hospital with what officials say is a bladder issue. Here's CBS Pentagon correspondent David Martin. Doctor said his prospects for a full recovery from his prostate cancer remain excellent, but he once again had to turn over his responsibilities as defense secretary to his deputy, Kathleen Hicks. This time, the Pentagon promptly notified the White House, Congress, and the public he was back in the hospital. The question now is, can he continue in the job? Austin underwent prostate cancer surgery in December, developed complications last month, but did not notify the president or transfer his powers. Two hostages home, more than 100 still left, but a good story to pass along today out of Gaza. Israeli officials say two hostages are doing well after a daring rescue from a second-floor apartment in southern Gaza under the cover of heavy airstrikes. 67 people were killed in the operation. Fox correspondent Trey Yingst has more on a call Sunday that happened between President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The call lasted around 45 minutes and the pair discussed a variety of topics including humanitarian aid, the ongoing discussions to get hostages released from Gaza, and of course that possible Israeli operation into the southernmost city of Rafah. There was a shooting at Joel Osteen's megachurch in Houston yesterday. The motor 
motive under investigation today after police say a woman in her 30s wearing a trench coat with a five-year-old beside her opened fire inside the building. They were repetitive, boom, 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 and I yelled, Mom! Security guards shot and killed the woman. The five-year-old boy who was with her was wounded. Approximately a five-year-old child in critical condition. They went to to, uh, Texas Children's and we transported a second male about 56 uh, years of age with uh, an injury to the hip. The woman threatened she had an explosive, but a bomb squad found nothing. Pastor Olstein spoke to the press saying, without God's intervention, it could have been so much worse. We're going to stay strong. We're going to continue to to move forward. And There are forces of evil, but the, the forces that are for us, the forces of God are stronger than that. Now to the U.S. Senate. The Ukraine-Israel aid package cleared a critical hurdle there Sunday. The vote 67 to 27 for emergency aid. Here's Kansas Republican Senator Roger Marshall. There's nothing in this to secure our own border. We're losing 300 Americans every day from fentanyl poisoning alone. Let's secure our own border first. Then I'm willing to address some of these issues. New York Democrat Chuck Schumer says now the bill goes before the full Senate. Ukraine is dangerously low on supplies, including ammo and air defenses. If America doesn't assist Ukraine... Putin is all too likely to succeed. Florida Republican Marco Rubio says it's insanity to give aid to other countries while we're drowning in illegal immigrants. If America's not strong, we can't help any of our allies. And I'll have to explain to them why the Senate is going to work all through Super Bowl weekend, which is fine with me. We're going to make a big priority, except on something that's critical to this country, which is the invasion that's going on on our own border. The bill would give $60 billion to Ukraine and $14 billion to Israel for the war with Hamas. It's fate in the House is uncertain with stiff GOP opposition. Major credit card companies are moving ahead with a merchant code to comply with the new California law intended to allow banks to track suspicious purchases and notify police. Right now, gun sales are lumped with sporting goods purchases, and there isn't any tracking. Gun rights groups call it an egregious violation of privacy to report gun sales of registered owners to police and a violation of the Second Amendment. Fewer and fewer homes have guest rooms these days. Family Life's Greg Gillespie found research on why from the experts at Architectural Digest. Guest rooms have gone the way of lava lamps for many homeowners, renters, and even apartment dwellers. People can't devote all that space to the few times when a guest needs a private bed, dresser, and empty closet. The number of young adults who have moved back home is one reason, and home video centers, workout equipment, and other hobbies have taken over too. Some of these spots can be converted with air mattresses or pull-out beds, but those who have studied this found many householders just get a motel room that handful of times somebody spends the night, rather than leaving the traditional guest room empty most of the year. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Still to come on the Noon Report, religious freedom and vaccines at the High Court, a bus crash in Erie, and the 15th anniversary of 3407. But first, to peak at weather with Kevin Williams. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams, tracking a coming snowstorm for our friends in northeastern Pennsylvania. I'll be back with the complete forecast coming up in 10. Thank you, Kevin. Checking the stories, making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. Just as Kevin said, it's going to be another near miss for snow in western New York this week, but Williamsport and Scranton will be in the thick of it. They're calling for several inches of shovelable snow days after 50-degree temperatures. This can still change. 
The numbers can go up, the numbers can go down, all of it depending on the track of this storm. Binghamton will get nicked. That storm passes south of most of upstate New York tonight into Tuesday. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear a landmark case out of Connecticut this week that could impact whether kids are required to get vaccines in New York and Pennsylvania to go to school. Family Life's Mark Webster has the story. Yes, Sarah, after years of litigation, the Connecticut religious exemption lawsuit will be heard on Friday and could determine whether children may claim religious exemptions to state vaccination mandates for school attendance, not only in Connecticut, but throughout the nation. Since California became the first state to repeal its exemptions in 2015, pharmaceutical companies have successfully lobbied nationwide, getting Connecticut, Maine, and New York to repeal their religious exemptions. This is the first case on religion, vaccinations, and freedom of choice to hit the high court. Justices are expected to release their decision Tuesday, February 20th. Mark Webster, Family Life News. There was a school bus crash in Erie, Pennsylvania this morning. No students or staff injured in that morning collision between a school bus and a van in Union City, PA. Erie County 911 says one person was hospitalized after that crash on Route 97. No word on what happened. A bill to protect moms in jails and prisons is in the works in New York. The CARE Act would protect basic human rights of women who are pregnant or postpartum, making sure they have enough nutrition to produce breast milk and get access to all of their prenatal appointments. Here's Democratic Senator Julia Salazar. Too often, our system prioritizes retribution and punishment over the basic health and needs of women and their babies in New York. But it doesn't need to be this way. Rebecca Figueroa was shackled to a bed during her birth. A regular person, your baby goes right on your chest. I didn't get that with my daughter. She says the prison gave her so little food that she was forced to give the baby formula. I tried for a couple weeks. I wasn't producing enough. I had to give her formula. That was not what I wanted to do. The legislation currently sits in both Senate and Assembly committees. Pennsylvania could wipe out up to $400 million in medical debt in a bill proposed by Governor Shapiro. Family Life's Greg Gillespie has more. Sarah, this relief would target the state's poorest residents and those who are most financially underwater. The governor's pitch calls for $4 million in taxpayer cash to buy up obligations accrued by people that could not pay for necessary care, things like MRIs and ambulance trips. Those bills would be forgiven, wiping out $400 million in debt with four million seems impossible, but debt collection agencies do it every day. That's what Shapiro says he'll lean on to help reduce those unpaid bills. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. A new bill in New York seeks to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning at ice rinks after 100 people were hospitalized in December at Holiday Twin Rinks in Cheektowaga. If the law is passed, there would be penalties of up to $2,000 for rinks that don't keep up on air quality. Ice arenas across the state would also need regular inspections. Here's Erie County Health Commissioner Dr. Gail Bernstein. Carbon monoxide is called the silent killer. Inhaling this odorless and colorless gas can initially cause flu-like symptoms like a headache that starts out of the blue, upset stomach, and they can rapidly progress to tissue damage, unconsciousness, and unfortunately death. 
The bill still needs to be proposed in the Senate. Holiday Twin rinks closed again over the weekend after being evacuated Saturday morning when carbon monoxide detectors went off yet again. No one was hurt. They called it an emissions issue. Pennsylvania State Universities are nixing criminal background checks for some student employees. Ten universities announced they're waiving the checks for students who have no direct contact with minors during the course of their work. The colleges say it's to help students who depend on those jobs as part of their financial aid package to help cover tuition. Pro-family groups say all students who are working on campus and representing the school as employees should be tested for drugs. It's a somber anniversary in western New York today, the 15th anniversary of the Colgan Air Flight 3407 crash that killed 50 people. This man was an eyewitness. It was amazing to see that the house it was just flat at that point. The fire trucks were just getting there, and the house was flat, and there were flames probably 50 to 100 feet in the air. Summer West told WIVB that she was a toddler when she lost her father, Ernie West, in that crash. On Father's Day, I remember him and remember like what it would be like if he was still in my life. February 12, 2009, that passenger plane entered an aerodynamic stall from which it did not recover and crashed into a house in Clarence Center, killing all 49 passengers and crew on board and one person in the house. The National Transportation Safety Board concluded the pilot's inappropriate response to still warnings was the cause of the crash. The New York State DEC spent the weekend showing off its new Emmy Award. It's a little odd for a State Department of Conservation anywhere to pull off an Emmy, but New York managed the feat. Last summer, teams spent countless hours combating invasive species across the Empire State, and they captured it and turned it into a documentary called Uninvited, the Spread of Invasive Species. Then they submitted it to the Emmys and two staffers won. DEC Section Chief Josh Thiel showed off the shiny trophies on Sunday. It's a unique opportunity for us to approach an audience in an engaging, interesting way that we don't often get to do at a state agency. You can find the documentary on YouTube and watch it yourself. Again, it's called Uninvited, the Spread of Invasive Species. On deck next, a check of sports. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Sarah, I think it's now safe to say the Kansas City Chiefs have cemented their dynasty in the National Football League. Kansas City won its second straight Super Bowl and third in the last five seasons after beating the San Francisco 49ers in a thrilling overtime matchup, 25-22. And it was the guy I said you should not bet against who led the Chiefs to victory. Patrick Mahomes was was named the game's MVP after throwing for 333 yards and two touchdowns. Also had a pick. He also led the Chiefs in rushing with 66 yards on nine carries. Mahomes joins Tom Brady and Joe Montana as the only players to win the Super Bowl MVP at least three times. The 49ers, who were trying to tie for the lead for the most Super Bowl victories at six, have now lost their last three. There were a few other contests played yesterday. First in the NBA, Jason Tatum scored 26 points, and the Boston Celtics withstood a late rally by the Miami Heat to win 110-106. Chris Tapps Porzingis had 25, and Jalen Brown chipped in with 20. The other game saw the Thunder down the Kings 127-113. 
on the ice. The Blues raced out to a 3-1 to lead after the first period and never looked back, knocking off the Canadiens 7-2. to Tory Krug had five assists in the contest. And in the nation's capital, JT Miller scored the winning goal with five seconds left in overtime as the Canucks beat the Washington Capitals 3-2. Connor Garland and Niles Hoglander also lit the lamp for Vancouver. That is a look at sports. Still to come on the Noon Report, snow on the way. Last night's big game made history. We'll tell you why. And the kindergarten teacher that got married at school. Those stories up next on Family Life. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Earlier this month, tech multimillionaire and anti-aging obsessionist Brian Johnson invited 2,500 people to apply for a spot in his latest endeavor. Project Blueprint is a 90-day watered-down version of Johnson's extreme 2 million a year anti-aging regimen. The project's goal is simple, don't die. In addition to a $999 entry fee, those accepted will spend $333 a month on food products that make up about 400 calories of a daily diet. Those interested in tracking their progress more closely can purchase, quote, more advanced biomarker measurements for an additional $800 or $1,600, depending on the desired tier. Now, spending at least $2,000 on a three-month self-experimentation study that does not include daily groceries, that's a heavy lift for most people. However, in less than 50 hours, 8,000 people had applied. In addition to his celebrity status, one of the primary factors making Johnson's immortality experiment so compelling to so many is the myth of progress that still holds significant sway over the modern world. With that myth comes an illusion that eventually, somehow, we will gain mastery over our mortality. After all, thanks to modern medicine, deadly diseases like measles, mumps, and polio, diseases that once devastated mankind, are now largely preventable. Others, like smallpox, have been declared, quote, eradicated. Add in modern innovation like public sewage and running water and increased agricultural production, and in under 200 years, the average human lifespan has basically doubled. These scientific discoveries and medical advancements are gifts of God, and yet, for all the benefits brought to the common good through them, a common side effect has been humanity's inflated sense of control. It's not difficult to see why so many people remain convinced that death can be averted or even defeated by newer and more impressive technologies. Denying, downplaying, attempting to control death just robs people of the healing that they ultimately need and can only be found through restoration in Christ, the great physician. It's when we courageously confess our plight of death and sin that we're able to find life. In a culture that refuses to accept any mortal limits, Christians must not succumb to fear-filled, denial-ridden attempts to eliminate or control mortality in our own strength. While we can and should work to improve ourselves, including our physical health and well-being, we can face our mortality with humility and courage, and especially with hope. After all, we do know the one who conquered death. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Jared Hayden. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Loving your neighbor means speaking the truth, not lies. That includes the truth about sexuality, gender, and what it means to be human. The Identity Project exists to help you speak the truth and love those around you who are lost, hurting, and confused. At identityproject.tv. 
you can access 150 and growing videos on sexuality, gender, and identity topics from vetted subject matter experts. This digital platform is designed for parents, grandparents, teachers, leaders, ministers, medical professionals, and anyone who wants to know, speak, and advocate for the truth about human identity amid cultural chaos. Get 14% off an annual subscription this month with the code BREAKPOINT or start your free 24-hour trial. You can sign up today at IdentityProject.tv. That's IdentityProject.tv. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast for this afternoon. Fairly quiet. Plenty of clouds, a stray flurry, high temps, 30s and low 40s. Tonight and tomorrow, cloudy. There'll be snow mixed with sleet and rain at the start, arriving overnight tonight, continuing into tomorrow. Again, the heaviest snows will be across central and northeastern Pennsylvania. Low tonight, 20s, high tomorrow, 30s. Areas of lake snow and flurries on Wednesday. Otherwise, sunny clouds and cold with high temps in the 20s and lower 30s. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report on Family Life, and I'm your host, Sarah Harnish. Here's what's happening this Monday afternoon, the 12th of February. Snow on the way, as Kev said, for New York and Pennsylvania, up to four to eight inches of it, especially if you're in central or eastern Pennsylvania, but nearly nothing for western New York. Super Bowl fans are slowly making their way out of Las Vegas after a night of revelry. The Chiefs won Super Bowl 58, 25-22 in overtime. Jackpot, Kansas City! That game between the Chiefs and the 49ers actually made history at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas last night. The Chiefs are the first repeat champions since Tom Brady and the Patriots did it almost 20 years ago. Mahomes joining the GOAT and Joe Montana now is the only three-time Super Bowl champions and three-time Super Bowl MVPs, and he's 28 years old. At CBS reporter Dana Jacobson. Israel is celebrating the rescue of two freed hostages taken by Hamas four months ago. The pair were found during an Israeli assault in Rafah. It was a daring mission to rescue Louis Haar and Fernando Marman, who were flown home to safety. They are reportedly doing well in hospital, surrounded by their loved ones. The job is not done. We are happy today, but we didn't win. As the fighting ramps up in Rafa, family members have urged mediators to do everything they can to bring the remaining hostages back home before it's too late. Please be serious. And strike a deal. Now to Washington, where the U.S. Supreme Court is poised this week to hear arguments on a case about religious freedom and vaccines that could impact whether kids have to get shots to go to school in New York and Pennsylvania. That case is set to be heard on Friday. This is the first case on religion, vaccinations, and freedom of choice to hit the high court. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is back in the hospital because of serious complications following prostate cancer surgery. Doctors at Walter Reed Military Medical Medical Center said Austin is in a critical care unit for treatment of a bladder issue. He has transferred his duties to Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks. This is Austin's second time in the hospital since his prostate cancer surgery in December. His doctors say his cancer prognosis remains excellent, but it's not clear how long he'll be hospitalized. A $95 billion aid package for Ukraine and Israel is advancing in the Senate. It passed a Senate procedural vote with help of 18 Republicans in a rare 
Sunday session. If the bill passes the Senate, which leaders hope could happen as soon as Tuesday, it'll head to the House where it's unlikely to pass. President Biden is now on TikTok. His first post on the popular social media app showed him at home watching the Super Bowl, along with the caption, LOL, hey guys. Many Republican lawmakers have taken aim at the app and its parent company over possible connections to the Chinese government. And soon you'll be able to seal your letter with a little bit of history. CBS reporter Matt Piper explains. As the country continues to celebrate Black History Month this February, the U.S. Postal Service announced a series of stamps honoring 10 people who assisted with the Underground Railroad. That's the secret network that helped enslaved people escape to freedom. Among those honored are abolitionists Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass. The Forever Stamps will be on sale next month at the U.S. Postal Service's website and at your local post office. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Issues in Education. Mondays during the Noon Report, we invite you to the front of the classroom to talk about all that's happening in our schools with Dr. Ralph Kerr at the Teaching and Learning Institute. Uh, Ralph, I don't know about you, but I wasn't one of those front of the classroom type students. I was kind of more in the back, but I digress. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the big game Sunday and the right uh, team won, sir. Yeah, well, my team was not there, so I didn't really care. <laughs> Me neither. I was rooting for the commercials. So anyway, yeah, hey, we got a lot to discuss this week. Uh, let's dig right in. Governor Hochul says she will reset the formula for how education dollars are divvied out in New York, promising that those funds are going to reflect school enrollment. And uh, most schools have seen their enrollment go down. So I imagine this is a subject of much consternation in public schools across New York stay. First of all, do you support the decision by the governor and why is enrollment down so much in not just New York, but Pennsylvania seems to be a problem in both states? Yes, well, certainly enrollment is down and there are a couple of reasons for that. One is that people are just moving out and also there are less children being born now. So there's definitely a decline and the governor proposed a really revolutionary way to construct the budget this year. What the governor is saying is that we need to look at the enrollment and we're already the highest price per student cost in the nation. And so we got to figure out a better way to serve the children without it costing more and more money every year. There's been uh, all kinds of decline in the area where I live. Some of the districts have had 54.6% decrease in one district, 36.9% in another, 275 in another. And compounding the situation is that the federal stimulus funding is expiring this year. Yeah, yeah. So look, districts are in a world of hurt. Yeah, they are. I always look at things through the realm of sports, and you know, years ago when I was playing, the A schools are now the C schools, and the C schools are now the D schools, which right. which tells you something as far as student enrollment goes. Well, hey, let's head south to Pennsylvania, Ralph. The school boards association there releasing its state of education report. This forty-eight page report. Report lists student mental health, staffing shortages, and funding as the three greatest challenges facing schools in Pennsylvania. Mental health, staffing, and funding. Do you agree, Ralph? 
Well, it's kind of funny. For one thing, I do agree with mental health, but I want to add to the student mental health, teachers, administrators, and other staff, because I do think this is a tremendous problem in all schools right now, the mental health of the people that are working there, and certainly the students would be included in that. Mm -hmm. Staffing shortages, I believe, can be taken care of, which is to have less people working for the school. 80% of any school budget is people, and if you get declining revenues like we just talked about, then you're going to have less people. It's kind of a backwards way to get at staffing shortages, but (laughs) it is a way to do it. And the other factor is I'm all for using the existing funding better and smarter rather than always saying that the answer is to just throw more money at the situation. Gotcha. Stop paying for kids that don't exist. Uh, I heard a line from one person saying that. (laughs) I thought that was great. And then finally, uh, you know, this is the time of year, Ralph, uh, past that time, really. If you're thinking about running for your school board, now is the time to get moving. We mention at this program all the time, you're your website. I get calls from people who say, that's kind of a d- different kind of website. Why run? What's that all about? And the whole reason for that is why run for your local school board? Uh, what are some things that people need to keep in mind if they're feeling that call? Well, again, go backwards here and say that the annual budget vote and school board election is on May 21st. If you're interested in running for your school board, you have to have your signed petition into the district by April 22nd. So if you're thinking about it, some practical things you could do would be to attend the school board meeting in your community, see if you like the people that are on the board now and if you think you can work with them. And this is a critical time for school boards because they're dealing with the budgets yeah. uh, at this time. And talk with your friends and then, of course, Be sure to check out the videos that we have on the website at whyrun.org, where we talk about some of the reasons to consider running and some of the reasons not to run for the school board. And it's simply whyrun.org. All right. And that is exactly why he is there in beautiful Houghton, New York, uh, is to get more Christians involved in their public schools. If you want to serve your community, there is no greater way you can do that than to serve on your local school board. You mentioned it already, Ralph, if you would, one more time. What's that website, sir? Absolutely. Just whyrun.org. Issues in Education airs Mondays during the Noon Report or online anytime at FamilyLife.org. Let's check in one last time with Kevin for weather. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Our spring fling from last week has been flung. Back to snowstorm is on the way. A focus of that storm will be on northeastern Pennsylvania. Lake effect still follows it, and more cold air will arrive thereafter. The call for this afternoon, though, fairly quiet. Plenty of clouds, a stray flurry, high temps, 30s and low 40s. Tonight and tomorrow, cloudy. There'll be snow mixed with sleet and rain at the start, arriving overnight tonight, continuing into tomorrow. Again, the heaviest snows will be across central and northeastern Pennsylvania. More than half a foot there. The amounts will taper to just a few flurries close to Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Low tonight, 20s, high tomorrow, 30s. Areas of lake snow and flurries on Wednesday. 
Otherwise, sun and clouds and cold with high temps in the 20s and lower 30s. Thank you, Kevin. Finally at noon, wedding at school. A kindergarten teacher at a Christian school pulled off a surprise wedding on campus with another teacher at the school in Minnesota last week. This morning, Katie walked into her kindergarten classroom at Good Shepherd with a new last name. They just giggle because they don't know how to really address me now. Trading Miss Corkin for Mrs. Zwire after tying the knot to her husband Kevin last week. The hallway was filled with kids holding cheerleader pom-poms as they were whisked away to a car outside. The Christian school just happened to have a church on campus and all the students were invited. It was insane. I knew that it was like a celebration, but I didn't know they were actually getting married in the middle of the day. But then you saw her in the wedding dress and then you believed it was the real deal. Yep. Mrs. Zwire says it was in the works for months when she told school staff everyone was enthusiastically on board. This school is so special. It's like the best place to be and being able to show that to the kids and share that with the kids was just amazing. The kids thought so too. It was a moment they will never forget. Come to Phonics, witness a wedding. What was it like to see your teacher get married? Uh, fun? Yeah. It was like well, so amazing. Like I cried, I laughed, I smiled, and it was just so great to see my kindergarten teacher like dressed in her wedding day. Happily ever after at school. That's the world that we live in for Monday, the 12th of February. I'm Sarah Harnish, and this is Family Life News. You've been listening to The Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this Family Life News podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, please share it with others and click the subscribe button to automatically receive future episodes. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Podcasts like this are made possible by your financial partnership. Find out more at familylife.org.